Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 118 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob? Well, well, hello, Bobby. Well, hello, Bobby. It's so nice to be back home where I belong. You're looking swell, Bobby. I can tell, Bobby. You're still glowing. You're still crowing. You're still going strong. Hi, Bobby. Wow, that was amazing. If I had closed my eyes. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like uh, Barbara Streisand's less talented younger sister. <laughs> oh, you, you're you such the flatterer. <laughs> I can't uh, help it. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Well, uh, yeah. I, you know what? Uh, for those out there that... Uh, maybe aren't as old as us uh that was taken from hello dolly now hello dolly was a uh a, a hit broadway musical that they actually made into a movie and guess what year it came out bob 1943 <sighs> <sighs> it, it's it's like he doesn't pay attention to anything we do no, I just have to. I just have to do it just for the reaction. Uh huh. Yeah. So it came out in, in uh, 1969, and it just so happens, Bob, that is when the comic we're covering came out today. Uh, had a cover date of December of 1969, which means it probably came out in a few months earlier, in October or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we're covering Captain America 120 today, and so I thought. What better way to do a greeting from that time period than one of the top musical movies of that period that just happens to say the word hello in it? I love it. I love it. Rick, do you like musicals? I don't. You're not a musical person? No. No. And um, which makes it challenging because my son, who is That's a right. uh, theater Right? Major, yeah. Uh, and loves musical theater, he is in a lot of musical numbers. Uh, musical theater uh, numbers, I should say. And um, it's not my thing, but I love my son and I go to every single one of them. And I will say this, and I know I'm going on a tangent because you probably had somewhere to go with that. So I apologize. No, I will no, say I this. Keep going. He, he, you know, he's a senior at college. He's going to be graduating uh, in a few months. And he was in, he had the lead in, uh, a musical uh, just last month and it was a gentleman's guide to love and murder. Mm. And I, I really enjoyed that musical. That was like the first musical I can think of besides spam a lot okay. that, yeah, uh, that I enjoyed even if my son wasn't in it, Huh? but he was amazing. Yeah, he was absolutely oh, amazing as the, as the as the lead character in that. But uh, I'm not familiar anyway, with that particular musical. But now you've got me interested because I'm a, I do like musicals. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. it's a fun story. It's a uh, it's a period piece, um, and it takes place uh, over in I, I, I probably I think want to say England, but um, 
there's a, a a guy who finds out that he is um, related after his mom passes away. He finds out that he is related and he's he's like eighth in line uh, of this, uh, uh, you know, particular family. And they um, he finds his way into um, working his way up the mm. the secession. Yeah. Um, and it's a comedy. Right. right. So there's there's some foul play, but it's all done yeah. in good humor. And um, it's a romantic comedy as well, because there's a couple of love interests and he's playing in between these two love interests. And it's a fun show. It's it, the, the, the show. Uh, the musical numbers are, are funny. Um, and uh, anyway, I digress. No, no, no. I mean, when I when I first started dating my wife, there were two things. Uh, we talked about different kinds of entertainment that we liked. She said she doesn't like musicals and she didn't like period pieces. Uh, that, she told me that <laughs> after I took her to see like Remains of the Day or Howard's End or one, uh, of, those, one of those movies. And I was like, whoa, this may not work. But she's evolved over the years. She, she's developed a taste for period. She, she likes Downton Abbey, you know. So I mean, that was sort uh-huh. of a gate, gateway drug for her. But musicals is still a little something she's not quite into but i i love them i love them so mm. yeah yeah a gentleman's guide to love and murder check, right, it check it out check it out yeah uh so bob be, uh you know i i you know we're both on social media right we we've spent a lot of time in our captain america comic book fans facebook group but i also am in other groups on facebook i don't look at me hurt like that. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, comic related, some are, you know, other hobbies of mine related as well. And, and of course, you know, I, I spent some time on Twitter, a little bit on Instagram, a little bit here and there. And I don't think I'm telling anybody here on, you know, it's listening, anything new, but there's a lot of jerks out there, Bob. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there are, <laughs> you know, like, like there's a lot of people out there who just can't help themselves. Yeah. Like they see something and they, it's like, there's something pulling them towards the keyboard to type away some sort of negative response rather than just allowing someone to like it. Like, like, all right, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, I'm sorry, people. I know uh, that that makes a lot of people mad, but whatever. Oh, I, I love basketball. <laughs> yeah. And and I saw something earlier today. Someone, uh, a wife had had something made for her husband at, for Christmas, right? And it was um, a really cool thing. It was it was the Eagles emblem, but it was created with words. Okay, you know you've seen that, right? Where yeah. words make up, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if you if you pull back far enough, you see the the image. But if you go in close, you right. can read the words, right? Yeah. And so is the is the eagle's symbol, emblem, and it was handwritten words of the entire broadcast by Al Michaels and Chris. I can't remember his last name right now. Um, from Super Bowl 52. So it was the entire TV broadcast, the whole script from the beginning to the end of the of the of the Super Bowl, handwritten out on line by line by line by line to make this emblem. Like that's, that's incredible, an, isn't it? 
That's so creative and thoughtful and thoughtful and, right? and unique. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you have a lot of people saying that. And then you have these, some people going, uh, too bad. It wasn't Merrill Reese's broadcast. Well, Merrill <laughs> Reese is the guy who does the radio, you know? <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm just like, Oh my God, really? People can't, can't you just allow someone to enjoy something? So that anyway, I, I, I go over all this just to say, how much I appreciate our group right now. Look, yeah. I'm not going to pretend that we're all just different from everybody else out there. We have rules and, and, and but people stick to them. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. very rare that you or I or any of the moderators have to like, you know, hide a comment or mute somebody for being negative. It's been a long time. I think that we've like, yeah, I think, like, I think I've only done anybody. it once. I think I've only muted a comment like once in the last three months or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and would it shock you if I told you it was for a Rob Liefeld comic? That would not shock me at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's like, so for, for people who are out there listening and you're like, oh, I'm not going on their Facebook page because, you know, I know there's a lot of jerks out there. Come to our group. You, you know, we are a family. We're a community. We are a bunch of people who just get together. And all we do is we we have a mutual appreciation of cap. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about, you know, anything out there other than Captain America and Captain America related stuff. So. Um, anyway, just putting a plug out there for yeah. the Facebook group, because I, I so much when you go <laughs> to other groups and you see this other stuff, it just makes you appreciate your, your own, your own place more. It does. It does. And I do like that about our group. And I, I particularly like everybody's so supportive and so just so gosh darn nice sometimes, you know, when folks post their Christmas presents or this is my collection, you know, the shelf I have in my office or in my, my bedroom. And this are my, these are my things, you know, I mean, we have folks that, that span the range from like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of, of, you know, memorabilia to folks that, you know, just started, they got a few things, you know, and, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because we all we're all like, that's awesome, you know, yeah. that's great, you know, congratulations, you know, that looks awesome. Yeah. I love that about our group. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Bob, what would Cap do? Right, right. Yeah. You know, what would Cap do? You know, and I've had some people, not many. I mean, I'm less than a handful who got upset because I, I muted a comment, and then and I'm like, listen, just. Just stick to the rule. What would Cap do? And they're like, well, Cap would Cap would fight for my freedom to say whatever I want. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you were Steve, what would Cap do? Right? Yeah. Cap would listen to his mom who told him, if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. Yeah. Right? There you go. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Because everybody has what they like and, you know, and, and not everybody likes the same thing. Right. Yep. But I tell you what I do like, Bob. I like this comic you picked out. Now, tell tell the listeners why you picked Captain America 120 uh, for us to cover today. It's a good question, Rick. Uh, and I got to tell you, I, I, I like this one, too. Um, and, and, I, and I like... 
I like the context of, of when, when it was written and published, right? Because uh, it did come out in, in, uh, in 1969, the end of 1969. And there was a lot of things going on, right? In 1968, of course, we had Martin Luther King was assassinated in, uh, in 1968. We had all of the protests, uh, the Columbia protests, the student protests, the Vietnam War protests, the civil rights protests in 1968. 1969, we had the People's Park protest. And uh, if you're not familiar with that, you know, check it out. But, you know, all these protests were going on. And I got to think that that informed the writing of this comic, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as, as Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day is, uh, is, is rolling around here shortly, I, I was thinking to myself, let's do something that is, that harkens back to the early civil, the early civil rights movement and the student mm -hmm. protest movement, because, you know, protest is something part and parcel of, of American culture, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's what we do to express our displeasure with, with our situation, right? Whether it's politics or economics or culture or whatever, we peacefully protest uh, and, and we use our voice. That's, that's one of the beauties of our system. And so I thought it would be great to go back to late 1969 to Captain America 120, Captain America crack up on campus and look at how that, uh, that situation was explored at that time uh, and see if there's any lessons we can, we can pull from it for today i like it and uh i when you told me that was your thought i was down with it and i'm glad we're here today so um solicitation should i read that bob please all right this will really shake you up chap becomes part of the college scene and then the action starts groovy I know. I'm like, I'm almost <laughs> ready for like a boom, chicka, boom, boom. What kind of action are we talking about yeah, in the kind of scene? I huh? don't know. The rat scala. <laughs> um, so it is written by Stan the Man Lee, uh, who just celebrated, uh, well, would have celebrated his 100th birthday, uh, which is uh, amazing that Stan... Um, just it's just amazing to think that he he had been around for a hundred years. Um, Penciler is by Gene Colon. Now we've done a few issues before by Gene Colon. Um, he's a very stylistic artist. Um, has some interesting perspectives. Uh, and then Inker is by you know legendary uh, embellisher Joe Sinnott here. Uh, letterer Sam Rosen, which was somebody who had been a, a mainstay in the uh, in the Marvel um, bullpen, and then editor uh, is Stan Lee. Now the cover is by Gene Colan and Joe Sinnott as well. Uh, Bob, do you want to do you want to take a crack at describing Ooh, the cover? Nicely said. So uh, you know, it looks like. Uh... You know, it, it is a perspective looking down, you know, really like a three quarter looking down, right, Rick? And mm -hmm. it looks like we have some sort of ruffian. I don't know who he is. We'll learn about it in, in the book. But he's he's got long shaggy hair and he's wearing purple pants and a purple shirt. And he's got I already the, don't like him. Yeah, I know. Right. Purple. Right. And then he's got this uh, looks like an embroidered jacket, you know, blue and white sort of flowery. And he's got a gun in his hand, Rick. And he's uh, he's got the gun in one hand, but his other arm is around the, the neck of, it looks like some sort of, you know, if you're going to think of the man, 
mm-hmm. in the context of 1969 he's this is the man right he's mm-hmm. got a th- he's got a suit on you know and uh he's an older gentleman and mm-hmm. he looks frightened right so you got this ruffian holding this guy in a headlock and he's got his gun and he's shooting at captain america who is running up the stairs toward this pair and down below you see what looks to be oh dozens of probably students right because we're on a campus apparently they're uh they they are all coming up behind cap and some of them look shocked some of them looked angry but there's something going on here and i gotta think it has something to do with this crack up on campus rick yeah and uh it's not just any gun that he's firing at cap is it it's it's a gun like unlike any i've ever seen yeah, it's a crazy looking gun. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And also I it, it's a little odd how this guy is standing there. It, it's almost like like he I don't know, is he is his foot up on a Yeah, you're like, right. What would it's, you describe that? It, it's I, almost I like, you know, the, on the yeah. side of a castle where they have, you know, some some areas that are higher and then lower and then higher and yeah. then lower and higher like and parapet. lower. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they call it? All right. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. I hadn't, I hadn't picked up on that, but you're right. It's, you know, it's got that sawtooth, you know, yeah. looking uh, parapet and he's got one, one leg, one foot up on top of one of those, uh, those upper ridges and, and his other foot on the, on the base of the, of the, uh, of the parapet. So it's a, it's a strange perspective. It is. It's almost like he drew the characters and then he drew the background. He was like, oh, that's out of perspective. I need to I need to draw something underneath this guy's foot. So that- <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> um, the logo is the red, white and blue logo, yeah, but not the curved one. Right. This is the, you know, the 60s logo, the, the red, white and blue. And then um, in the corner box, it's the Jack Kirby uh, cap raising his left hand with the shield on it. Um, and then it's 15 cents. And it, and I, I always, I, I find this cool too. Cause it just, it's like the, the, the typed word captain America, but it's C A P T period. And then America. Um, so low key. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Isn't but it funny it, though, that they, they felt the need to abbreviate captain. I mean, they have space. To, yeah, that's a good point. You know, they could have easily the extra letters. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They could have done that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, going inside, the title to this one is "That's Your Poor Pop." Oh, sorry. Uh, crack up on campus. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. All right, so we have a big splash page, and it is um, Cap and the Falcon in his green and orange original costume. And they are standing there, Bob, um, just shaking hands in the middle of Harlem, standing on the sidewalk and in the middle of the city. And you have all the pedestrians kind of staring at these two garishly colored costume, you know, characters standing on the sidewalk. But of course, everybody knows who Captain America is, but they're being introduced to this new character falcon now no let's just back up a little bit right this is issue 120 now sam wilson and the falcon were introduced in issue 117 so 117 through 119 was this three-part story where the red skull introduced sam wilson as kind of like this trojan horse type of thing uh and tried to manipulate uh captain america but it turned out that cap and sam became friends he trained them and fought the exiles and ultimately defeated the Red Skull. So now they are, here they are back in the United States, and they're in Harlem, and we've got Red Wing on Falcon's shoulder. Uh, he, he is wearing a muzzle. Um, I guess, you know, he's he got just that came... mask, right, that covers their eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, he's got that little thing around him, right? And uh, he's he's got that, I you know, I guess he, you know, he's a wild falcon that he just brought back from another country, so he's probably easing him into the United States, I guess. Um, but here they are, these two colorful characters on the sidewalk, shaking hands, smiling at each other. Rick, what's up with that dude uh, on the car behind Cap? Looking like Gollum. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> well, I, I guess people just, you know, back in 1969, they, they squatted on tops of cars. Bob. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Our story opens as two famous friends come to a parting of the ways. Are they famous yet, Bob? Are they famous friends? Well, I, I don't know if their friendship is famous. Certainly one of them is famous. The other one is barely known yet, but, but eventually their friendship will become famous. I'm hoping we bump into each other real soon, Cap. Till we do, mister, I expect to hear big things of the Falcon. And we cut to the next page and cap's head now and then all these people start coming up to the falcon i found a place for myself right here in harlem but what happens to a guy like him where's he going to find a spot he can really call home hey man cap and the falcon how about that combo all they need is Jimi hendrix and they got a me who's Jimi hendrix bob he was a famous musician. I want to touch the sky. But no, he was a legendary. He was more than just famous. He was a legendary guitarist. He was uh, he was amazing. So you know that 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 song, all along the Watchtower. Oh yeah, from from uh, they were that was used in Battlestar Galactica. It was. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for Man. that. Nerd alert. <laughs> I love that. I love the way they integrated that. Man. I was. That was so cool. Battlestar Galactica was an amazing show. That was. That was one of my all-time favorite 
dramas uh, because the about about Battlestar Galactica was like after you get past like that first season, those like, next three seasons, mm-hmm. you could be, you could have been watching uh, a war episode. You could have been watching a spy episode. You could have been watching a um, you know romantic something. You could have been watching a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it it took on different feels depending on the story and the director and everything. Uh, but ultimately, it was so superbly well written. It yeah. really was. Yeah, it really was. Did you ever watch Caprica? I think I I think I started to. And I never finished it. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I watched Battlestar Galactica that season. I the, not that season that that series like two or three times yeah the second time it was so much cooler to watch because you knew who the cylons were right and yeah. it had you gave it like a whole new perspective it does yeah yeah uh, listen listeners if you have not watched the the Battlestar galactica uh tv series from like a decade ago do yourself a favor watch that series i highly recommend you know, I have them all. I have them all on DVD, Rick. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because uh, I I watched those. I was I think I was living in I was living in Vietnam at the time, and so I would get them on DVD. So I've, I've been trying to get my son, you know, to get into it and watch uh-huh. it. But like, I show him the DVDs, and he's like, "What the hell are these? <laughs> <laughs> what do I like? What do I?" He's holding them up to the light. You know, he's like, "What do I do with these?" Right. So, oh, Bob, do you need to take that? <laughs> yeah that was my my uh my my neighbor calling me yeah <laughs> shout out to rocky rocky calls me every now and again on his way into work just to shoot the breeze so uh okay no. <laughs> um anyway so so about all along the watchtower and and maybe this is hyperbole maybe this is a a legend um but i i'm pretty sure this is a true story so the original version of that was written and sung by Bob Dylan. And he was the one who wrote that song and okay. performed that song. But Jimi Hendrix took it and, and did a live version of it. Mm-hmm. And like, if you went to a Jimi Hendrix concert, you would see in the front row, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, famous, you know, performers of that time. Um, because they just they wanted to see this man perform his art on this guitar. Yeah. And anyway, the story is when Bob Dylan saw Jimi Hendrix do his song, he cried. Wow. Because he knew like there was he could not he could never have done better than Jimi Hendrix. Like he Jimi Hendrix took the song to a whole nother level. Wow. Anyway, that's a good story. That's a good yeah. story. I also saw Jimi Hendrix. He was in the uh, new Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure sequel. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that, check that out. Wait, is that the new one that came the out a few years ago? Yeah, the well, new that's one. the third one. That's not the, the sequel. You're right. The third one. Well, what do you call it? What do you call it? A trequel? I don't know. The trilogy. What, what do you call the third one in the series? I guess they're all sequels. I guess they're all sequels. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, good, good stuff. All right, so Cap's running away. 
Cap's leaving Harlem, and uh, and he's he's jumping over the fence, and he says, "Now that the Red Skull has finally been beaten, and the Falcon is ready to begin his own career, it's time for Captain America to pick up the threads of his own tangled life once more." The first thing I've got to do is learn where Sharon Carter is. Oh, he's That's pining. right. We're back in the 1960s. Oh, he's 1970s. pining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is a cool image of him jumping over the fence. Yeah. Good perspective. And then I, I also, I think this is totally uh, something you normally would only see from a Gene Colon is the next panel when he's, he, he lands and you see from his back, but his, he's got his, elbows backs so you in his head forwards so you so you can't even see his head right mm-hmm. but you see it from a lower perspective it's actually a cool a cool it panel. Is a cool panel yeah no matter how i may try to forget her i can't if only her first duty wasn't to the forces of shield and he's he goes around a corner and uh he's in a completely different neighborhood pop completely yeah right, right. yeah uh and Anyway, so he's there and he sees this young boy running after this other bigger boy who had, who stole a, a Marvel comic from him. Hey, give me back my magazine. Come on. I didn't even finish reading it yet. What you make it such a big deal about? There's a million costume clowns to read about. Suppose you miss one. So what? And then Cap thinks to himself, a million costume clowns. Who'd miss another one? He'll never know how much I agree with him. If I gave up this life, what would it really matter? And yet, I can't. While Sharon works for S.H.I.E.L.D. All right, see why? <laughs> he, he can't give it up because he can't have the, he can't have the, the, the wife having oh, the job. Yeah, there's, and, there's no him point. And him being a stay at home. Why would he give it up if she's got a job? I mean, it's like it's not like a like a husband and wife can both have a job. Well, not in 1969. Not in 1969. No. Minutes later, he's in uh he's in a the uh what do you call those? Uh parlor barbershop. barbershop. Thank you very yeah. much. So he's in the barbershop and he's sitting in the chair, and then there's the the barber. The barber says to him, Nick Fury will be glad to see you, Cap. It's not a social visit. I want some information. Just sit tight till I frost the window. It'll only take a few seconds. After all, we don't want to broadcast what goes on in here. So he's frosting up the windows, Bob. So no one can see in. Okay, Cap. Now, hit the button. And he hits the button, Bob. And then this the barber chair he's in starts to sink into the floor, going down into the shield headquarters you'll find him waiting for you right down below so he comes down and he sees nick fury and dum dum dugan fury i want to talk to you i didn't figure you came here to show me your knitting wouldn't that have been a surprise if that's why he had been there i suppose i don't know bob <laughs> I read I I go back and I read these comics and I see the this macho sarcasm. Yeah. It's, it's just a false bravado. And no wonder we as kids read this stuff and then 
acted a certain way. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, the sad part is that people still act this way. Yeah. Where do I get unhooked from this blasted reaction time tester? Okay, winghead, what's on your mind? As if I can't guess. And he pulls out a stogie and he lights it. It's Sharon, Nick. I have to see her. I'll show you a picture. Don't push me, Colonel. You know what I mean. Sure I do, fella. But she's in the field again, on a case. She won't be reporting back for days. She's been working like a Trojan since you two busted up. I see I see a perplexed look on your face, Bob. No, I don't I don't know what that means in this context. I know what a Trojan horse is, and I also know what a Trojan is. And <laughs> they're two entirely it, different things, but neither one of them are working for me in this case. Well, it she did it doesn't say she's been working with a Trojan, Bob. Oh, good point. <laughs> okay. So maybe check that one off the list. Huh. Yeah, maybe she's, uh, you know, she's a spy, Bob. She, she goes All and right. she undercover somewhere as a Trojan horse. Why not a mole? Is that different? Is that different? A Trojan? Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> mole. Another classic film, right? Who's <sighs> the mole? <laughs> so uh, Cap's sitting in this really... Uh, interesting looking um, relaxo <laughs> it's the relaxo chair right yeah yeah it's pretty fancy that's what I've been afraid of in case you didn't know that's our new slumber seat you're sitting in and you look like you could use some shut eye and Cap yawns I didn't realize I was so tired you weren't, pal. The seat does it to you. And it does a lot more than that, too. Like, it'll make you decide to work on a little job I got lined up for you. One that's just cut out for Captain America. Okay, mister. Push the button. And Cap, with his eyes closed, pushes the button. It could give you nightmares, lullabies, anything I feed into its tapes. And when you least expect it, there's one certain ad I want you to see. Bob, what's going on here? That's crazy. It's like he's uh he's he's hallucinating, having these uh these nightmares, these dream sequences. There's uh there's a particularly nice one of Sharon. Um, but yeah, you're right. Down in the lower corner, there is a help wanted ad that you can see. Uh, amongst all the other figures and action going on. What do you mean there's a nice one of Sharon? What, what part of the Sharon one's nice? She looks, she's looked like she's getting shot in the back. Well, it's, 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 it's a nice perspective. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, Bob. I know. Madam Hydra is going to be so upset with me. I know. <laughs> and uh, what's the help wanted at, Bob? It says help wanted male teacher phys ed good paying position at a liberal arts college interview Monday Tuesday Friday apply main hall Manning College seven thirteen someplace in New Jersey ah he saw it now to shut the gadget off I'm awake again now I know what I have to do it worked Nick yeah sure looks that way see you Fury I've got to go now. 
All right, so let's pause here. That's the only type of reception committee you can count on these days. But they're sure giving that prof a hard time of it. He's liable to be hurt. So he runs up to the kid. We've listened to you long enough. Now you'll do the listening. Take it easy, boy. He's twice your age. Cut out, mister. We don't need any Boy Scouts butting in. Look, if you're busting to push someone around, how about starting on me? Hey, guys, get a load of this square. He's right out of the Rover Boys. Look, Buster Brown, you better take off while you still can, dig? We're not playing around for the fun of it. At least I took the pressure off the professor. Okay, okay, I'm no hero. Yeah, you could say that again, Charlie. Looks like the prof is running off after Georgie Goodhart there. Let him go. All we wanted, anyway, was that loudspeaker system. I wanted to thank you, young man. They were giving me a rough time of it back there. So I noticed. But tell me, have you ever tried listening to what they're after? Now there you go, Bob. How about that, right? Steve's like, okay, well, they're protesting. But maybe what's their reason? It's an inter- interesting. I mean, I wondered, you know, initially he talked about like, oh, this is the only sort of res- welcoming reception, you know, you can expect these days. I thought maybe that was a nod to all the protests going on on campuses around the United States at that time. But but now he's he seems a little more amenable, right, to we got to listen to both sides, right? People don't yeah. usually turn out like that just for the fun of it, right? They're, they're trying to say something. Exactly. So the professor says to Steve, you sound like a thinker, a man after my own heart. My name's Fosgrave. I'm in mathematics. That's putting it mildly. Everyone knows Paul Fosgrave, the top authority on atomic equations. My name's uh, Roger, Roger Stevens. But what's going on here? The same as on campuses everywhere. The youngsters want a better education for a better world, and who can blame them? But lately, their protests have become alarmingly violent. But why were they giving you a hard time? I don't know. I always thought of myself as their friend, and yet I sometimes feel like they're trying to make a target of me. There's more to this than he told me. You'll find the main hall just through that arch. And so he's sitting in front of the dean, Dean Warmer. Dean Warmer. Do you remember Dean Warmer from Animal House? I was going to say. <laughs> am I under secret probation right now? Uh, double secret probation. Yes. <laughs> so he's sitting there in the, the dean's office. The two of them are across from each other at his table, his desk. You're the first applicant, Stevens. So the position is yours. I've too many urgent problems to waste much time on the selection of an athletic instructor. Yes, I could sense the student's mood as I walked through the campus. It's a mystery to me. We've always had splendid rapport between students and faculty. We've always listened, been ready to parlay, tried to understand. But suddenly, our most articulate, most respected student leader, Mart Baker, seems to have turned rabble-rouser. And he takes off his glasses uh, with a handkerchief to uh, to clean them as to give more 
dramatic pause. <laughs> I do this. This is what I do in class. Oh, do you really? When I forget what I was going to say. You whip off your glasses and uh -huh. start clean to the lenses. clean the lenses. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you chew on the tip of the glasses? Oh, I absolutely do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And ponder. Hmm. I ponder. I look up into the corner. Did you ever hear uh, Jim Gaffigan does a bit on Jim. that? Huh? He he pulls off his glasses and he he starts chewing on the end. He goes, "Do you ever wonder how these taste like plastic?" <laughs> <laughs> He's become more interested in fomenting riots and causing trouble than in resolving any issues. What happened to cause Baker's turnabout, sir? I wish I knew, Stevens, but now you have to excuse me. Sounds like trouble brewing outside. You tell him, Mott. You show him where it's at. From now on, we're going to run things around here. They can't stop us. They can't fight us. We're too many for them. Watch it, man. Here comes trouble. Give us that, Mike Baker. You're not going to wreck this school. They offer to meet our demands. Why won't you give him a chance? Don't listen to him, Mart. We can take him. All you're out for is Mart Baker. So basically, there's a, a group of other students that are like, hey, you know, they're trying to make our demands. Why, why, why don't we try to, you know, work this out? But apparently, Mart, Mark Baker is really pushing for more than that. A.K.A. Mike Baker. Huh? Yeah, it's weird, right? In the same panel, they refer to him as both Mark Baker and Mike Baker. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Baker says, I don't get it. You two guys told me all the kids were with me. You gonna let a bunch of establishment goons try to stop us? They're nowhere, Mark. Grizzly's right. We got it made. This isn't the time to chicken out here. Not now. We've got the whole school right in the palm of our hand. And then we see Steve there. He's thinking to himself, the one called Grizzly and the other with the shaven head. They keep egging Baker on. Now's the time. Give him our demands. From now on, we're calling the tune here. My committee is going to decide what we study and who studies it. Look, Baker, we're willing to talk. But let's be reasonable. I'll decide what's reasonable. My demands are final. Either our student committee take control of this college, or we smash it. Now step aside. I got a rally to organize. Baker's gone bananas. We got to stop him. No creepy goon with a loudspeaker is going to get me from getting my diploma. Let's go. Let's break it up. Listen, are you with me? Seconds later, the campus seems to explode into a free-willing melee. You fink! You're playing right into the establishment's hands! And then we see Steve upstairs, looking down from a window, but he's changing into his Captain America garb. If they have to call the police, then anything may happen. But maybe Captain America can break them up before it's too late. But I've got to be careful. I'll be facing students not supervillains. And he jumps out the window to go down into the big fight. Although I still suspect there's lots more to this than meets the eye. 
Hey, look, over there. And we cut to the next page, Bob. Whoa, whoa, we got a full page splash. And who do we see, Bob? It's our good friend, Modoc. Modoc. What does that stand for, Bob? Oh, something, something, something designed only for killing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, I will tell you. Um, uh, and I'm sorry I put you on the spot for that, Bob. Um, but interesting enough, Modoc, guess what? This is only his fifth appearance. Only? It's yeah, like 69, man. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying he's not a very well-established character no, at this okay. point. Fair enough. Right? Yeah, he yeah. had he had two appearances in Tales of Suspense. And then leading up to this issue, he appeared in 117 and 119 and kind of like, you know, off-panel kind of, you know, as the Falcon story was going on. Mm -hmm. But now... Now we see him, but he's again, he's not a very well established character, right? Fair enough. At that very moment, within the hidden headquarters of Advanced Idea Mechanics, the sinister secret organization known as AIM, a grotesque figure, gives vent to a sudden pang of uncontrolled and savage rage. And so we see uh, the gigantic Modoc. Now, for those who don't know what Modoc looks like, Bob, how would you describe him? He's a big head in a sea, a floating chair with. With arms and legs, sort of purposeless arms and legs, right? He doesn't use them for locomotion, although he can use his, his hands to manipulate things. But, but he is principally head, right? With a supporting harness around the head and a big jewel-like device in the center of his forehead that allows him to focus his mental energies uh, into destructive laser beams, laser so here he is um with his aim minions who are all wearing like the beehive hats but they're not in their all yellow bob they're in like white uh with uh magenta or purple accents yeah well it's after may rick everybody knows that uh, <laughs> aim aim wears their white uh uniforms with magenta helmets between may and, and labor day, day. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Very good point. So they're looking at a gigantic screen of what's going on. Cap in the middle of this, this ruckus and Modoc does not look happy. Captain America, his presence on the campus was not anticipated. He must not be allowed to alter another of my most carefully structured plans. Not now. Not when I'm about to take advantage of the uprising which my agents have created. Perfect. <laughs> Bob, why are you laughing while I was uh, talking? I'm just thinking you're so much better at voicing that than Patton Oswalt. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you hear that, Hollywood? Reach out. Uh, I'm, I'm at least half the cost. Half the price. Yeah. Half price. <laughs> They don't call you half price, Rick, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a short joke, Bob? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Not even the red, white, and blue Avenger can stop us now, Master. Mighty Modoc has planned too well. I am Modoc. I am supreme. 
because I leave nothing to chance. Quickly, contact my two campus agents. They must act now. Modoc calling R1 and R2. Timetable has been altered. It's the master. He says we must carry out our mission now, or the entire plan will be aborted. Tell him we cannot fail. With everyone's attention focused on the campus riot, the victim will soon be ours. Good. Good! Fosgrave and his vital new atomic equations must belong to AIM. Remember, it must seem as though the rioters are taking him as hostage. None must suspect that his true captor is AIM. Bob! Uh, for the listeners at home that are not reading yeah. along, yeah, uh, what's going on on this screen here? It, it, and this one where Modoc is overseeing his minions, his aim minions, communicating on the radio system. Yes, that one. Yeah, where they're reaching out to communicate to their two agents, R one and R two, who we can assume is Grizzly and uh, the other individual that is with him. And uh, yeah, so no, I'm talking about what we're on the screens there behind Modo. Oh, right, right. So uh, there, there apparently is a computer screen, uh, and one one screen says Priority One, Professor Paul Fosgrave, and then the other one says Fosgrave, Manning University, Discoverer, New Atomic Equations. And we know that this is a computer because there is a there's a label on it that says data analyzer. Lest there be any confusion. Yeah. So. Uh, so who 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 do you think put that there? Do you think Stan? I like don't asked so. the letterer to put that there to help explain this, um, or do you think Gene Colin put it there? The letterer put it there. Who I, asked him to put it there? Like it, it's a good, it's a good question because it seems completely unnecessary, right? right? I mean, it's pretty obvious what is going on here. Just as if in the panel above that, the center panel, uh, the second panel on the page, the radio has a has a label that says radio contact. <laughs> yeah, I know, on right? the radio, right? So a little, a little unnecessary embellishment. Uh, I, I suspect maybe the letterer did this. Yeah. I guess, I guess maybe, I don't know. I mean, today's readers, these types of things are, I guess, so understood that we don't That's need fair. explanation. Yeah. But maybe back in 1969, you know, when computers weren't something that everybody found in their home. Right. And here we are looking at a panel full of computers with switches and buttons and dials and then monitors. This is something relatively yeah that's out, fair. out of sci-fi right that's fair because if you remember the old batman tv show right i mean everything was labeled in that as well right right so yeah even in yeah. the bat cave exactly it was his computers why would he need a label but right <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile look son legit demands are one thing but can't you see how impossible how irrational yours are it's no use it's like trying to argue with a robot or someone in a trance. A trance? Why didn't I think of that before? It would explain his sudden, unreasonable changeover. Hey, big man, let go of him. Look, in that window, above. Help, 
they're, they're trying to hold me as a hostage. It's Professor Fosgrave. He's being imprisoned in his own office. They must be out of their minds to do that. It only served to bring the police. Perfect. Now no one will suspect we're not just ordinary student radicals. And then Baker says, as Cap's holding him, they must be nuts. They're waving guns. What what do they think what do they think they're trying to do? The whole thing's just gotten out of hand. Now it's a job for me. Grizzly, put it away. This isn't how we planned it. Shut up, Baker. You're too chicken for your own good. That's enough. Now come away from the window. Don't overact. And then Cap thinks to himself, that's no ordinary revolver, which only seem, serves to confirm my suspicions. I just want to point out, like Gene Collins' Cap uniform is very different, right? He's got all these thin red and white stripes yeah. that go all through the back as well. It's, it's, it's very yeah. different looking. You know, it looks more like a flag. You're right. It does. Yeah. At this point, it, it looks like the flag of Puerto Rico. Right, good point. Yeah. yeah right. With the big white yeah. star and then the flag yeah. you know, stripes underneath. It's Captain Puerto Rico. <laughs> and then so Cap starts running up the stairs to get to the room that's up there in that that tower. You stay put, Baker. I'll get back to you later. Nothing doing. I got too big a stake in all of this. Wait, where are you taking me? I, I thought you were holding me hostage. That's what everyone's supposed to think. Quick, drag him to the roof. Hurry, someone's coming up the stairs. And just as they open up the emergency door to get to the stairs, Cap comes running up and punches. Which one is that? The, the bog guy. Right, yeah. Hold it, mister. You're not going anywhere. The minute I saw your guns, I put two and two together. And it added up to aim. No one else has weapons like that. Cap, look out behind you. And I guess as Cap turns the uh, the first guy, hits him and knocks him back. It makes a sound, Bob. Zocklack! I don't know what the oh. hell that means. Yeah, I think they're two different sounds I but think. it does look like he just hit him right in the groin Ooh, yeah, yeah. that'll slow him up now with captain america on the scene everything's changed that means our secret will be out but we're still ahead of the game if we get the professor so the two of them grab the professor and take him to the roof i don't get it why are they heading for the roof you've been duped boy they're no simple campus radicals. It's Professor Fosgrave they want, and they want him for aim. And he shoots at him, but Cap puts up his shield and deflects it, Bob. Spang! Get down. This is my kind of fight. All of a sudden, I seem to see things more clearly now. Naturally, they're too busy to keep you under their hypnobeam. It's one of AIM's most potent weapons. You're not ordinary students. You're after my atomic equation research. Hold them off while I assemble the portable chopper. We'll be on our way in seconds. He's got the range now. We're sitting ducks unless... Cap takes his shield 
and he throws it up and knocks the weapon out of the guy's hand. And it makes a noise, Bob. And then the police show up down below and the crowd looks up. Hey, what's going on up there? Those two are real killers. Here's the fuzz. And for once, no one's complaining. What gives, Dean? Putting on a show for the kids? Well, it's one way to cool things. We cut back to the roof and Cap's punching one of the guys out. And the kid takes the shield that Cap threw and he picks it up. Hey, he's getting away with the prof. Don't worry, Mart. I'll stop him. This hero's jazz is a cinch. Long as you got a far out shield, and he puts the shield in front of him and starts running towards the shooter. Stay back, you fool. Back. I warn you. And he fires and he hits the shield and it makes a loud noise. Badock! Which knocks the kid back because he's not used to handling the shield. And next thing you know, the professor and the the bad guy are getting up in this little you know, rinky-dink copter as they're flying off. And Cap says, My shield, too late to reach for it now, but I've got to stop him some way. If anything, it'll do it. It's their own gun. And he picks up their gun and he fires. I snapped the blade. The prof is falling. And he runs as the the helicopter is crashing to the roof, but he goes and he, he catches the professor. Got you. Wow. For a late start, Cap, you sure come on strong. And then we cut to the next panel. Uh, I don't know, Bob. Did, did he just fire at a helicopter and it, it fell onto the roof and, and blew up and killed the bad guy? It does seem the case uh, that he fired at the blades, the, the mini chopper, which I haven't seen the likes of uh, since you only lived twice. Remember when James Bond was flying one of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same sort of copter. Snaps the blades. It falls. He catches the professor, but it shows the helicopter hitting uh, presumably the roof of the building and blowing up and no sign of grizzly. Perhaps he met his grisly demise. <laughs> you know, before we get to the next panel, uh huh, I just want to touch on that. All right. Because I know, Catman, I know you're listening. And I know you have pointed out before that you do not like Ed Brubaker's run. And in the first issue of Volume 5, which is Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting's run, there is a scene where there's a guy in a helicopter, a sniper, who is firing down a cap. He takes his shield. He takes out the helicopter, making the helicopter crash, essentially killing the sniper and the pilot. They're terrorists. And I know you don't like that. And I get that. But is that the same thing that just happened here? Like, is... is is Stan Lee's Captain America, which is supposed to be the superhero Captain America, not the super soldier. Did he just take out a helicopter and, and kill somebody? I don't know, Bob, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I'd have to go back and take a look at that, that, uh, those panels from the Brubaker run. 
I don't remember how explicit it was. And, and, you know, I think, I think one of the comments, uh, you know, Catman has made uh, or, 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 uh, several times is that in the earlier instances, you never saw, right? It was always left ambiguous, I think, right? I mean, maybe he survived, maybe he didn't, I don't know, you right. know, but it was never explicit that he downed the helicopter and everybody in the helicopter died. And I, and I can't recall if that was the case in the Brubaker. Uh, would you uh, like me to pull out the page, Bob? Because um, I own it. Oh, wow. That was a humble brag. <laughs> and that's the only reason it stick, stuck with me is because I actually own this page from Captain America, volume five, number one. Okay. Yeah. And as you can see, there's cap on the rooftop being fired on by a sniper in the helicopter. Yeah. yeah. And he takes a shield. He takes off the back portion of the helicopter. Yeah. And the helicopter then goes down and crashes into the city. All right. <clears throat> now again, I mean, it's off panel. Yeah, it's, it's off, off panel. panel. Right. But and, and you but could survive that. Someone could survive that? Sure. Yeah. The helicopters crash all the time. Uh, and, and people survive. I had a, I have a, not, not personally related to me, my, my, my brother's former wife's cousin. <laughs> That's convoluted. Anyway, he, he was a helicopter pilot in, uh, in the Marine Corps and in training, the helicopter crashed with him and his instructor. Now the instructor, uh, I don't think made it, but he did. Well, okay. So it's possible. <laughs> so someone did die. Well, what I'm saying is, though, it's, you know, it's possible to survive uh, a but helicopter. Look at that crash. panel, that bottom panel. Yeah. Right? Right. It, it, it's not, it's not landing. It's falling. No, no, I know, I know. And it's, yeah. it's, right? Yeah. And, and, and the same could be said for the helicopter in this one. Sure. I mean, there's different, th it would seem to me, this one is far more likely that somebody would have died. I mean, there was no fuselage around grizzly and professor fosgrave right they were mm. oh, sitting essentially a, a gyrocopter yeah whereas, sure there's... whereas in a helicopter you got a fuselage you're strapped in you know there's a potential as long as the height's not too much that you could survive so but in but either to, but case point, yeah your point but in either well case cap did something to take out the helicopter which caused it to crash right so i don't know now that i'm putting this together because i don't recall this before but i don't see a huge difference between stanley's captain america taking out a helicopter and ed brubaker's heli uh taking out a helicopter yeah i agree i don't think there's a day daylight any daylight between the two yeah okay uh i'm sure cap man is listening and and we'll have a response in our facebook page yeah. And I've got to tell you, if, if Fosgrave fell out of the air and Cap caught him like that, he's going to have some back issues. <laughs> <laughs> sometime later, after the administration has voted amnesty for those who had been deceived by AIM, and we cut to uh, Fosgrave and Baker in the room, you know, with the students on one side and, and the teachers on another, and they're coming to uh, an agreement or a parlay, as they had 
described it before, which I would always kind of assume that was just something that people did on ships when being attacked by ghosts. Um, they asked for parlay, but I, I digress. Yes. You're still free to dissent, Baker, but let's try for a little education between riots, okay? It's a deal, Professor, but I wish I could borrow that aim, Hypnogizmo, next time we demonstrate. <laughs> no. <laughs> it feels like the end of a end of a sitcom where everybody just all of a sudden pauses and laughs. Right. You know? Yeah, you old. Um, what a joker. And then we cut back to the last two panels on the page. And we're back at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. And there's our beloved Nick Fury with a stogie in his mouth reading a newspaper. Well, I see by the paper that everything's coming up roses at Manning again. Looks like you did a good job, Sunbeam. But how come you didn't stay on as athletic athletic instructor? I couldn't, Fury. The job's too tough for an old codger like me. And he walks away. And Nick has a look of, huh, on his face. <laughs> Next, the man brute. Oh, my goodness. All right. What a 1969 story. It really is, isn't it, though? That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Uh, everything about it uh, uh, just screams late 1960s. Um but you know, I mean, it, it 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 was topical at the time. Okay, Sunbeam. You know, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a toaster? <laughs> it's bread. Did they make toaster? Hmm. Sunbeam uh, bread. Oh, is it bread? I like bread and butter. <laughs> I like toast and jam. <laughs> I like to taste of sunbeam bread. It's my favorite brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you better like it because, uh, what, in another couple of days, you're going on your diet. So enjoy those carbs while you can. Uh, stop right there. <laughs> we, first of all, Bob, as you know, uh, it is already mid-January when this podcast comes oh, out. Oh, you're right. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> uh, uh, you look thinner. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, very topical, you know, story, but also in, in very Marvel fashion, you know, very superficial, right? They, didn't, they wanted to, wanted it to be topical. They wanted to touch on what was going on at the country at the time. But, you know, as, as Stanley has often said, you know, the world outside your window wanted to make it that way, but not to get bogged down in ridiculous, you know, politics or you know real world things so they were able to use that topical context but you know make it an interesting story about modok and and aim and and there were no bad guys on campus right it wasn't the it wasn't the uh, administration it wasn't the protesters they were all being used as pawns in this bigger scheme indeed but it is a, an interesting look at that time period where protests were more common it was something that people were doing in the late 60s um so it is a snapshot really of of really what's going on in that time period so let's get to that bob let's get to our favorite panel our t-shirt worthy mm. and our time capsule 
I think you went first last time. Oh, okay. All right. Um, because I, I, I only think that because I had a question on who goes first, and then you're like, you just went first. Okay, fair enough then. That's leadership. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's your favorite panel, Rick? All right, so my, my favorite is going to be page 14, panel four. That's the one where we have MODOK uh, there talking to his AIM minions amongst all the computers. And then in the panels, you so eloquently read that it was priority one, professional Paul Falsgrave, Falsgrave banning you, discovering new atomic equations. I'd like this panel a lot um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, we don't get, you know, too much about the villains very often. It's always about the, you know, Captain America, right? So I like, I like the fact that we're focusing on the villain here, but it just, it's fun to me to see in 1969, a room full of computers and then <laughs> the letter or whomever decided to spell things out on these monitors to explain mm -hmm. to the 1969 readership, which probably at that time was kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe teenagers. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I don't know. I, I thought this was, this was a fun panel. Yeah. It, it is interesting. You know, I, I can almost like, like I can almost see it in my head. Cause you know, you, you've got, you've got the two aim guys, right. And they're on the phone they're on the communication device or whatever it is. And MODOK is, is there, you know, uncomfortably awkwardly close to them. They're on their radio contact box. Yes. They're on their radio contact. And I can almost hear like MODOK saying, tell him, tell him the timetables moved up. What did he say? You know, because instead of just like talking to himself, he's like relaying through the two. Okay. Okay. What he said, what? Okay. Now tell him this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just has that look to the panel. They're like, oh, for crying out loud, just talk to him yourself, Modoc. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite, favorite panel, Bob? I do. The first panel on page two. All right. So this is, this is the one where Sam and Steve have parted ways and you can see, Cap moving off into the background and, and Sam is sort of looking three quarters almost over his shoulder. But I love that he's surrounded by these young boys and one of them is holding Sam's little falcon necklace and looking at it. And I think this is mm, such yeah. a great panel, right? Because, you know, you're right. There was only a, what, three issues earlier that, that uh, Falcon was introduced. And yeah, we they had Black Panther before this, but there weren't that many, you know, black superheroes at yeah. that time. And this panel right here speaks to why it's so important to have representation, right? To have people, superheroes that look like you, uh, that have shared similar experiences as you. And so all these like young boys crowding around Falcon, you know, admiring him and, you know, looking at uh, Red Wing, and uh, one of them is reaching up and looks like he's scratching Red Wing's chin. And that mm -hmm. little boy is holding that falcon necklace and like looking at it, presumably in awe. I just, I love this panel. I had not noticed that before, that that there was a, a young child picking up the, the, the falcon emblem on Falcon's necklace. That's a good call by you. I like that. 
Yeah. And, and the meaning behind it. You're right. Little details at that time, right? Yeah, because, you, you know, let's put ourselves in the perspective of 1969, right? To have a black superhero character, it was not the norm. And so, you know, we take that for granted nowadays. But yeah. wow. Yeah, to uh, that's a good call up. You all like that. All right, Bob, what is what do you think is T-shirt worthy? T-shirt worthy. Ooh, I. For me, I I gotta go with that full page flash on page six, right? Ah, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty cool, yeah. man. It's yeah, it's yeah. Funky. Especially when you said Sharon was in a yeah good it's situation, got, getting shot Sharon, in the back. Look, it's got everything I like. It's got Cap. It's got Sharon. It's got a looks like a sitar. Somebody's coming a sitar up in the corner, you know. It's got everything. It's it, it it's it's a real '60s sort of psychedelic. That's not a sitar, Bob. What, it, it is it. Looks it's like a guitar. A, is it just a plain old guitar? It's well, a plain. Well, it's a guitar. It's to me, it's hard to tell, man. There's not that much detail, and I'm going. I'm gonna in my mind, I'm going with sitar. Okay. Just because I like saying it. Uh huh. All right. That t-shirt with you, you would buy a t-shirt with that on there, Bob. I would, I would do, I would, I would. I don't normally like t-shirts that are too busy, uh -huh. uh, but this really kind of speaks to me. There's something about it. I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to have to tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of retailers stuck with that t-shirt sitting on their racks. <laughs> well, that may well be, but then I will buy extras at this because that's what i do i'll put them away and i won't wear them uh-huh you have extras all right i'm going to go for t-shirt worthy i'm going to go with page 16 panel number three and that's the one where he's coming up the stairs okay and he's punching someone in the face mm -hmm. and the other guy's getting knocked back and he's firing his his weapon to the air and cap says hold it mister you're not going anywhere and that's just um i like the perspective that's a gene colon kind of perspective you know it's mm -hmm. it's not something you normally see and i think that'd make a cool t-shirt yeah yeah okay all right got some nice colors too mm-hmm you know all right, like this some, is where I like, you, some, I like some bold colors, Rick. This is where you ask me I'm about going. time caps. I'm doing it, Rick. I'm doing it. So uh talk about time capsule, Rick. <laughs> what would you put in the Rick Verbonis time capsule? Now, Bob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need you to say it like emphasis on cap soul. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay, Rick. So uh, at last, we get to my favorite question. Uh -huh. What would you put in the Rick Verbanis cap sole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the opening splash page. Ooh. Crack up on campus. You have yeah. Falcon and Captain America shaking hands on the street in Harlem. And every, you know, uh, all the pedestrians staring at these two guys that's going in my time capsule because I, it is certainly, it is a momentous occasion. And this is the first time that Sam Wilson 
as the Falcon is in Harlem. And so that is, uh, I think, an important important part. And then you have, uh, you know, the little Gollum guy on the right. Yeah, Gollum. Right. Yeah. So it, I, I'm putting that in my context. Yeah, it's a cool, you know, this is a cool splash page. Not only because of that, because which is important. It is momentous, but, but it also, you know, it's, it's a really well-drawn splash, right? Uh, the people all gathered around and just the fashions, right? The fashion, the, what people are wearing in the cars themselves. Although there's not mm-hmm. a lot of details of the cars, but you can tell this is, this is late 1960s, early yeah. 1970s fashion, as well as uh, as the cars. So, yeah, great choice for a time capsule. How about you, Bob? What's your time capsule? You know, I'm going to go with... Uh, or, should, or, or should I say time capsule? Capsule. Yeah. So I am going to go with... Um, I'm thinking of the slumber chair, right? So if you recall, the slumber chair is on page five. And... Um, you know, Cap lays down in the slumber chair. He gets very sleepy. He's told to push the button. He pushes the button. And uh, here it is right here. It's that it's again, it's that full page splash on page six where where um, Nick Fury says, are you double dipping? No, I am double dipping because I, I, I like the fact that this is so time capsule worthy. He says it can give you nightmares, lullabies, anything I feed into its tapes. And that right there is time capsule, right? It's. Do you remember when they had tapes? No, of course you don't. Because we, I didn't, go, we of course I don't. I, I, yeah, I remember tapes. Are they you kidding tapes? me? What? You, you put on the little tapes. Yeah, cassette tapes. Tape? I mean, you know, eight well, track tapes. Eight track tapes were 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 around when I was a kid, but I wasn't into them. But right. the cassette tape era, I am totally. The cassette tape. Yeah, era. I know, but I'm not talking about those tapes. I'm talking preceding even eight track tapes. I'm thinking back in 1969, we're talking spools of tapes, you know, that they used to use for computer memory, where they have the big tape spools they'd put in on the computer. Um, and so this is what I'm thinking when 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 Nick Fury says, "Where anything I feed into its tapes." This is what the technology was in 1969, right? Cutting That's edge right. memory technology. And- Plus, you got a newspaper there, Bob, to right, we, we got with the help wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Do they even do classifieds anymore indeed, in newspapers? No, in no. newspapers. Do they do classifieds <laughs> yeah. anymore? I think they still do, but nobody reads them. So, wow. Yeah. No, they do have them, you know. But I, I never look at them anymore. I just breeze past them, right? Because um, anything you want, you can get on something else. So I guess there's some probably some old diehards that refuse to to let it go. But uh, they do still have- Are there still spies putting messages in the classifies so that people from, they can, they can somehow get a message out to their handlers? Wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be uh, interesting to, to think about? So speaking of tape, Bob. Yeah. You know, the holidays weren't that long ago. And, you know, as a comic book collector, I use magic tape, mm-hmm. right? I have a little spool. I put magic tape on there. And that's what I use for my bags and boards. Because I have learned the hard way, if you don't use magic tape and somehow the tape snags a comic, uh-huh. you're gone. It's done. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're ripping the comic. But magic tape magically does peel off the comic so we magic. have what's that magic yeah so we have magic tape in the house 
Now, during the holidays, my wife, uh, she's a master when it comes to wrapping gifts. Right? She has a lot of experience at it, and she's very good at it, and she actually enjoys it. Right, there's an art to it. She, she does uh these magnificent ribbons and oh, bows and stuff like that. She like, you know, like no, there is no like taking a plastic ribbon, popping it on the top. You know what I mean? Like she, she really goes all out. Yeah, she hates magic tape because she uses like, like this glossy wrapping paper, uh-huh. and then like she gets everything done and it's sitting there in our living room, like around the tree and all that. And you always inevitably see a corner pop up. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I hate that tape. I hate that tape. Uh, So this is how it starts, Rick. You got to be really careful about this. Just, you know, (laughs) somebody has been married for, you know, many years. I mean, you, you were married previously. You got to know that this is, this is where people start to grow apart. (laughs) <laughs> right? We have two different kinds of tape, uh, you know, one tape for you, one tape for your spouse. Uh huh. You know, and it just gets, it just spirals out of control from there. So you just, you got to be careful. Watch that. So you're saying I, I need to concede. <laughs> you need to, God, you maybe get some masking tape. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, or maybe I just, I just buy, <laughs> I just buy her, her own tape yeah. to use during the holidays. So I accept, I accept you and your tape. <laughs> say something like that you know i will Since, do that bob yeah. thank you for the advice <laughs> all right bob so next episode we're going to come back now we just we just left 1969 and we're going to go a little head a little head not too far we're going to skip the 70s bob but not too far we're going to go to 1981 mm. right 1981 bob it's been a quite a while since we've been back to the Roger Stern, John Byrne era. So next episode, episode 119, we're going to cover Captain America 253 and 254. And so for those of you playing at home who don't know the story, it's when Cap meets up with a former invader, Union Jack, over in Britain, and goes up against a former villain that he went in, in the World War II era, Baron Blood, the vampire. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> Not a Hotel Transylvania fan? Uh, Hotel Transylvania? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you, you know, I was thinking about the other day, do you remember that movie uh, Saturday the 14th? I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah. It was also kind of like, an 80s yeah like spoof um, parodies yeah yeah okay it was uh yeah whole vampire thing All saturday right. the 14th yeah huh. anyway uh so we'll be back for that next episode so as always bob it's been so much fun wrapping cap with you it has it has I, this was a great blast from the past and i'm looking forward to jetting to the 1980s next so until next week Excellent. Well, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. And for those of you playing at home who don't know exactly what that story is, It is a story where Cap 
meets up with former invader Captain Britain and goes up against Baron Von Blood. Or Union Jack. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Union Jack. Sorry. It goes up against Baron Blood. Blah, 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 blah. Is it Baron Blood or Baron Von Blood? Uh, is he a Von? I don't know. I don't know. All right. You know, let me start yeah, this whole damn thing over. All right. <laughs>